And I think today, with we have an opportunity to engage our local congregation throughout the week. The discipleship opportunity of the internet is huge. So the children's pastor should have a digital ministry. Your youth pastor should have a digital ministry. Your men's pastor, and, and you might be a little church that has two people, that your volunteers should be using the internet to serve your local church. And you might decide you want to reach beyond your local congregation and have an online ministry that, that is fully digital or is creating regional experiences or house churches or, or things like that. Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. Uh, it has been a while uh, since I have been here with uh, my co-host, Aaron Magnuson. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Way too long. Man, and I'm going to welcome you. I feel like we've been going yes, back and forth. Yes. <laughs> we just haven't been on yes. here with each other. And we, uh, and we talk busy season, regularly but every the, week. We just haven't been recording. Hitting totally. Record. We are also using a new technology, a new toy. Um, those that have known me for a while know I love That's new right. toys on the internet. And so Riverside.fm <laughs> is a toy that I think Kenny Jang maybe turned me on to. He, he and I are probably the the shiny object uh, friends uh, that share with each other these new toys. And I'm a big fan so far. We'll see how this recording turns out. But uh, yeah, so this is being recorded on Riverside.fm. Right. Uh, and so we'll see if this increases the quality. We've been doing Zoom up until now and it's worked great, uh, but this supposedly yes. is higher quality and it's done in the browser, which I'm a believer that everything should move into a browser-based mm. technology um and uh should should function in a browser and it's only only available on chrome right now uh and on a desktop experience so really interesting platform and technology Streamyard very similar uh it, it will work in other browsers yes. but is made they've expanded a little chrome, bit though and it's only in a desktop experience on a browser i, th I think i think you can do it on can mobile you? now i think they yeah. advanced it yeah uh because that was a need but yeah there's do you want to spend like two seconds telling people why you're bullish on the browser experience yeah, versus good, an app? Good question. A lot, lot of, a lot of reasons. I, I think the reason people would build apps is because you, you were limited in what you could do in a browser on a mobile device. So, mo so much has moved to mobile. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and there are limits to what you can do in a browser on a mobile device or have been. Well, now there are seemingly no limits other than push notifications, which you can still kind of do, uh, but you can, I downloaded, um, we just signed up for Amazon's new Luna gaming system. We got early access to it. And you actually, Ooh. they give you instructions when you go to their, their website, open this in your browser and click this button to create basically an app icon on your, on your mobile device uh, to be able to best control this. Uh, and so it's essentially an app but they didn't have to go through the app store to put an app on my mobile device. And, and as you think about churches and ministries, right. apps are expensive and apps, you have to do updates. And if Apple changes this, you've got to update it. If Google changes yes. this, you've got to update it. Well, with the mobile, it, you update it and it's updated. It, it's done on people's browser. It's not having to deal with the native functionality of the device, but you can use that native functionality now through a mobile browser um, in a very significant way. So I think the more things can be built uh, as as on browser functionality uh, is 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 better. Yep. And so I think it's um, 
there, there are still things that native apps and Zoom is, I've been frustrated that Zoom doesn't really function in a browser or at least function very well when I've tested that. Um, that's always been an issue with Google, right. um, Google Hangouts or Google Video Chat or whatever it is. Like, it's done in a browser and it doesn't work as good. Um, and so that's where I'm excited about this. And yes. that's what I really loved about StreamYard is it was done in a browser and it works really well. And I think it's, totally. it's not because of the limits of a browser, it's because development focus hasn't been there for my opinion. Uh, now I'm not a developer, I can't fully <laughs> explain that or understand that. Uh, I'm just a believer right. though, that uh, the more we can do development wise in a browser, that that has longer legs and we're not dependent on, and, and we see, you know, we could get in a debate, and I don't wanna go political here, uh, but but Apple has right. removed apps from the store and they're, I probably am happy yep. about that for some reason, selfishly, but but it's not, it's not, it's, it's uh, we don't want our church apps to potentially be decided by Apple or Google whether totally. that can be up. We want- yeah. It's oh, no. mostly the reality that it yes. could happen, right? Like it's not it's not necessarily that you're upset that it did happen. It's just in the back of your mind, Nils Smith is always thinking about the fact this could be taken down at any time. And we talk about this with social media, right? At any time, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, which same, same, uh, could be like, no, we don't want any more church content yes. on our platforms. Now, I don't think they're yes. going to do that. Uh, but are we positioning ourselves in a, in a space where if that does happen, uh, we're not, Yes, uh, my, my wife tells me I should go into insurance because I am always looking at what the bad thing that could happen. You know, so I'm like, oh, this cabinet, our kids yes. could get into this and they'll get poisoned or, you know, like I see stairs and, you know, like I, I, I risk yep. assess everything. Like we go to the subway and I don't let my kids get within like eight feet, you know, the edge of the platform uh, where other kids are like riding their right. scooters on the platform. And so I, uh, it, with the internet, I think risk assessment is important. And you're seeing this world of cybersecurity in churches. You know, I, I, yep. I had a church uh, last week uh, send me their Twitter login via email. And, and they have hundreds of thousands of uh, Twitter followers. And, and it, Twitter wasn't their, their primary platform, but this is a big church that's emailing a, a yes. password. Uh, and I was like, please go change your password right now. And here's how you can better share yes. passwords. Um, thank you for giving me access, but but this is so unsafe. Uh, and we've got to be smarter uh, as church leaders and with our security of our data, of our information, of our technologies and how, how they're used. Um, so, that's not this conversation though. Thanks for asking, Aaron. I, I love those tangents. Yeah, no, that, that's We're talking not, online yeah. though. Um, you and I um, are, yep. uh, I, I was one of the early online pastors. I feel like I'm a grandfather because uh, I've got gray hair and I'm bald now. I had Definitely. hair when I was an online pastor kind <laughs> of-ish. My wife uh, would give me a hard time about that. But uh, I became an online pastor about 10 years ago. Uh, I dreamed of being an online pastor like 12 years ago. Uh, I love online ministry. This whole podcast was built because of online ministry. Um, and Aaron, yep. you are an online pastor in this conversation yep. is. I'm your grandchild. Yes. <laughs> that is kind of funny because there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. Um, I feel like if you're if you're if you started online church <clears throat> when MySpace was still a thing, uh, your grandpa. And uh, if you started when it was all happening, uh, like when I did, 
Uh, I'm your you grandchild. Know, and, and honestly, MySpace was was phase two of online ministry for me. AOL Instant Messenger was uh, was was the OG oh, in right. uh, online ministry. <laughs> you're my great grandpa, then, bro. So so you're an online pastor. We think churches yep. should not hire an online pastor. Um, and uh, so so we're basically Agreed. saying, Aaron, you should be out of a job. And uh, that's the premise I of this podcast. I sometimes wonder <laughs> this. So let's let's yes. let's break this down. Yeah. Um, and why we why we're why we're having this conversation? I get a call um, at least once a week, and I say call. Uh, I get an email typically or DM of we uh, we saw the power of the internet in 2020, and we want to go all in, so we want to hire an online pastor. Um, and what that means to me is we want to outsource our online ministry to one person. Um, and yes, and I think the tension that you and I feel is that when you do that, that means everybody else keeps doing what they're doing. And we're just going to hire somebody to do this new thing in the internet. Internet is right. not something that one person should do. It's something that we should use. It's a tool. Um, and that's and right. so, uh, so that's, that's the core tension. Any, any other foundational thoughts you have around the, the tension of why somebody shouldn't hire an online pastor? Yeah, I think that's the big one is you're making the assumption that this is part of your church, uh, instead of realizing, and I think this is, <clears throat> this is what we all realized in COVID, um, out of necessity, but the, but you would be, uh, let me, I'm going to say you're foolish if you think that uh, COVID created something new. The reality is all of our church members are online even before COVID. Uh, we just realized that they were all online um, when, when COVID happened. And so uh, online is the world that we all live in. Like, let's not even just talk about church for a second. Like we all live in a digital world. Um, that is that is seamlessly integrated with our physical lives, but we all have some sort of a digital presence. And if you send a text message or an email this morning, uh, yes, that you don't have to have social media uh, to live in a digital world. Um, if you called somebody, frankly, uh, you're you're living in a digital space. And so, uh, it, yeah, the idea of I think that's a really important framework for how we talk about this conversation. If you are looking to outsource or to uh, have online be a part of your church, I think you're significantly missing the impact your church could be having uh, when you start to realize that everything we do has to be have some sort of online yeah. flavor, which is what we all learned in in this 100%, season. 100%. I, um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, well, well said. I, I think, you know, and I've seen a lot of mistakes through the years and a few things that uh, that I often warn people in churches uh, when they come to me with the question of, who, they often come to yeah. me of like, we need somebody with two to three years of online ministry experience. And I'm like, there's like seven of us, you know? <laughs> uh, there's, there's not totally um, a lot of people with a lot of online ministry experience. They're also, and I, I was a youth pastor, but a lot of times people are just like, oh, the youth pastor can do this on the side. Or let's just hire the youth pastor because they know right. Um, they they know how Facebook works <laughs> or they know how the Snapchat works. How long have we made this oh, mistake, Nils? How long has the church made this mistake? Uh, oh, yeah. the youth can do it. Or, or, or I would say longer than that. Sure. Like any new yeah. innovation, 
like innovation coming from the youth. And then we just say, oh, the youth can do it instead of realizing, oh, this is our future. We've been making this mistake forever. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> that's a that's a great point. Uh, and, and I think it, yeah, there's a lot of layers to that conversation for sure. Uh, and the other thing totally. is I see people just putting a techie into it. And then somebody that's just playing technology, but right. not really pastoring a community. Now, this is where I think the shift needs to take place though, is you, you don't need one. I think the internet is often, an, even the title of like the internet campus or online campus um, can often be a, right. a negative term because it's it's then functioning just like a building. Um, our, our friend Jeff Reed yes. you know, uses the term fidgetal a lot, which I really like, which is fidget, physical and digital integrated. Um, and when I used yes. AOL Instant Messenger 12 years ago, 13, well, maybe it was like 16 years ago, um, is uh, yeah. it was 1999. So it was over 20 years ago uh, that, that I used AOL Instant Messenger. I won't tell you how old I was in 1999. <laughs> Uh, and, and, so, and so you were probably one of the youth I was not. No, you wouldn't have been a youth. You would have been like in your like, Not even you, a youth, you bro. I would have been <laughs> nine, nine years old. Eight. Eight. Yeah. Um, and so you were playing T-ball and I was playing Anyways. on AOL Instant Messenger, driving 15 passenger exactly. vans. Uh, so, but, but yep. I think that we, uh, that it was like an integration of digital and physical of, of, and I think today, with we have an opportunity to engage our local congregation throughout the week. The discipleship opportunity of the internet yeah. is huge. So the children's pastor should have a digital ministry. Your youth pastor should have a digital ministry. Your men's pastor, and, and you might be a little church that has two people, that that your volunteers yep. should be using the internet to serve your local church. And you might decide you want to reach beyond your local congregation and have an online ministry that that is fully digital or is creating regional experiences or house churches or, or things like that. But, and, and, and so I, I do want to say that if you want to empower somebody that is the primary steward of the internet, uh, I think that's, that's not a bad decision. And if you call that the online pastor, but I think yes. to do that and to basically just say all of you just do in-person ministry is missing a massive opportunity. Yep. And, and I think it, the internet is something totally. that your whole team, your whole church, you as the pastor, if you're a solo pastor, has to own. And this is one of the things I love. Yep. My dad is, you know, I don't know, uh, in his 60s, pastoring a small Methodist church of, of 200 people. Uh, and he spends probably, yep. well, in 2020, it was unique to that, but he did this before. He spends probably 30 to 50% of his time pastoring his congregation on Facebook. Uh, these yep. are tools that uh, that allow us to reach people we couldn't otherwise reach, to disciple and connect with our congregation uh, at times we couldn't otherwise connect with them. And uh, and so That's this right. is not something to hire one person and just hand it all off to them. Uh, if you're gonna hire somebody, they're just a partner with everybody else in your church. They are not your exclusive online pastor. That's right. What Nils, I'm curious when when you're getting those emails and people asking you, do you do you still think that they're looking to that these churches are looking to like pass online off to somebody or are they what they they don't maybe know how to ask for it, but they're actually asking for something else. I'm curious, like, what do you think they're actually asking for? That's a good question. I, I think in some ways they don't know. You know, I, I think what they're seeing is yeah. a lot of people are online 
Life Church seems to be having a lot of success. Yes. Every, you know, like a lot of churches are doing this. Um, I missed an opportunity. I don't understand it. So I need somebody that can help me understand it. Uh, here, here's the gotcha. deal. The online, the online ministries that have been successful, the senior leader, the lead pastor, the senior pastor, whatever, you know, the senior leader is, is paying attention to it. The senior leader is, has a vision. The senior leader cares yep. about it. Uh, I was successful because Robert Emmett believed in it. Uh, if Robert Emmett didn't yeah. care about the online campus and I was just the internet pastor on the side and good luck. Um, now I was isolated in doing everything by myself. It was separate and, and that's my biggest regret. And I did that intentionally uh, at times if I look back and I'm honest, uh, but, but it really, it needs to be integrated. It doesn't need to be isolated. Yeah. And, and so I think, but it starts with senior leadership, having a vision and believing in it and, and personally investing in it, whether that's just personally investing their yeah. attention on stage to speak to the camera, uh, whether that's creating a, additional spots, whether that's actually getting on social media themselves. Um, it, it, when it's an afterthought, it's a minimized ministry. And when it's a, a primary thought, yes. Uh, it's a maximized opportunity. And I don't think any church today um, should allow the internet to be an afterthought, uh, should allow social media yes. uh, to be an afterthought. Uh, and so mm -hmm. it's it's a huge, huge moment, I think, in the life of the church uh, and churches yeah, uh, globally. Right. And, and I think those that lean in collectively are going to be those that win. And those that try to outsource this just might survive a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. If it's an afterthought, go hire an online pastor uh, and they'll take care <laughs> of it for you. And you'll constantly be asking questions like, is this worth it? Yeah. Um, and it's not gonna be worth it uh, until you stop. And and this, I, it's interesting, I've lived this progression um, and, and some of this stuff might sound like a knock, but it's not, it's just, it's the progression that we've made as the large organization of a church. I was hired as the online campus pastor to uh, my church in California, one and all. And I was hired there to translate uh, our ministry digitally so that anybody anywhere could experience our church as somebody uh, that is attending physically. Um, great heartbeat, great uh, idea, great concept. What happened during COVID is all of the main ministry leaders, so our community team, uh, which runs our small groups uh, and um, kind of manages the, the community within the church, our youth team, uh, our kids team, they all learned how to do it digitally because they had to. Uh, and they, so all of those things that I was translating now didn't need a translator because the actual yeah. experts fluently yeah. spoke the language. Uh, and I think that is the value that COVID has brought to us that we can't miss. Uh, and we can't continue to hold our breath waiting for COVID to go away so we can go back. We have to learn to breathe uh, underwater or we have to learn to tread water, uh, maybe would be a better example, um, so that all of our experts uh, know how to both run a great kids ministry on our physical campuses and they know how to reach kids through yes. YouTube online, which our kids team, all of our teams at our church, I feel like have done this in this season. But what that has in turn done for the online pastor is it's fundamentally changed the nature of my job because I'm not doing certain things that I used to do. And rightly so. 
uh, and so probably the back half of this conversation, Nils, has to be um, that there still is, <laughs> and at the risk of sounding like I'm trying to keep myself employed, uh, I think it looks differently, yeah. but there is there is some need, yes. and and so I'll I'll give kind of what the needs that I am currently filling as an online pastor yeah. now. Uh, but I'd be also curious, Nils, as I'm kind of yeah. sharing these things, if you have uh, what that need then becomes. So it's no longer the translator, but it becomes the, uh, and so for me, f- filling in that blank, what it's become is kind of an internal yeah. consultant and an external yeah. consultant. So there's a ton of things that I've learned obviously that as churches are trying to figure this out, I've had a ton of great conversations with people at other churches as you have Nils. And part of it is this seat that we sit in here, people hear our voices, but our church has also uh, been really open with the churches that are around us locally. And so there've been people uh, in Southern California who have reached out and said, hey, we're trying to figure out what are some of these next steps uh, in growing uh, our online community and what does that look like and best practices. Um, And so I've been able to help them uh, as well as sitting in my church, uh, now these ministries are thinking, how do they do yes. online ministry? Uh, and they have they had all of their vision and they had all of their direction and where they wanted to go. Well, now I get to play a really cool role in helping them execute yep. that yep. digitally. Uh, I don't have to, I'm not doing the work like I was before, but now I'm helping yes. them do the work. Uh, so they they knew what they wanted to do physically. And now I have a chance to, well, hey, Aaron, we, we want to do this with this number of people. What platform should we use? Or how I don't even know where to start with doing that. Like I had to walk our baptism team through what would be the best ways uh, we could accomplish a baptism for people in a different country, which we've done a couple of those in this season. Um, it, but for me, that that knowledge came from my buddy and our yeah. buddy, Jay Cranda, who has also already done this. Right. And so there's kind of this uh, cool um, community that has been yeah. testing the waters. And now we're all helping each other help our churches. And I think the last thing that I've seen, Nils, is it, for some churches, that does mean Aaron doesn't need to be in your organization anymore. Uh, and you have somebody that you can consult with. That's probably it's probably cheaper to do that for you than hiring a full time staff. Uh, and I, I am I'm adamant about this. I the the I think the other thing we've learned in COVID is you don't have to hi- like that doesn't have to be a position. You have a need, but it might not need yeah. to be a position. Uh, you can hi- you can consult it out. You can find somebody within your church who's willing to just sit down with you for a second and teach you how to do it. Um, we don't need to solve our gaps by hiring a bunch of people uh, because I don't know that that's the best use of our money anymore. And that's a really risky thing to say uh, because it's jobs like mine that would would leave. Uh, But I think the transparency of this podcast, Nils and I are for the church. Uh, And so I think those are conversations that my leaders need to be having that I'd be happy to have with my leaders. Uh, And for you leaders that are maybe in a a smaller church context or maybe you're growing and you're not quite there yet, I I would really have those conversations. Do we actually need to hire this? Uh, And that's that's kind of a whole nother conversation with where our culture is moving. But I think we've learned this is my last thought, Nils, uh, because I want I want you to add in all of all of your thoughts on what you've seen. but I, I think we're just entering into a culture where we're realizing how important the capital C church is and that the Internet I've been to, I think I've told like five or six people this over the course of these past two weeks. The Internet is way too big for yes. one church. 
and it's way too big to be competitive. We and YouTube, YouTube taught us this. We all need to be there. We all need to be on the Internet and we need to be getting more and more and more churches that aren't on the Internet better on the Internet because it's way too big. And we we need all of us and we're all going to play and reach a different role on the Internet. And so that translates to how we um, help each other. And that and so there might be a few consultants or whatever that that help uh, lots of churches. But I've realized a lot of my value is being able to help other churches because my church is totally down with helping other churches, which is awesome. Um, Yeah, those are my thoughts. And you and I are in agreement. And this is a conversation you and I have had circularly over the last six months to a year of what. Yeah. Where is this going? Where's online ministry going? Um, where, how do you best fit in, into your church? I, I have a large church that hired me as a consultant probably six months ago yeah. to help them create an infrastructure for their online campus and hire an right. online pastor and then to coach that online pastor. Well, we kind of came to, to the terms with, you know what, maybe you don't need an online pastor um, because yeah. you, the lead pastor, are the online pastor. And you, the executive team, are the online pastors. And uh, if you hire an online pastor, your staff under you are likely going to just bucket online ministry. But if you don't hire an online pastor, then you all have to become online pastors. Uh, Now, I think that church is going to end up hiring someone still down the road because to your point, when you grow to a certain size, you do need a specialist. And this is what happens as churches grow, your your roles become less general and more specialized. Um, and, and so that's right. Having a specialist that understands and can learn TikTok and can learn Clubhouse and yes. can 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 be on that front edge and then almost function like an internal consultant is valuable. The other, you know, the the church that that I spend the most time with now is uh, Transformation Church, and we. Um, we talk about them a lot here, and a lot of it is because of the success they have had online. The, the number one totally. reason they have success is is Mike Todd. Uh, Mike Todd uh, is a great yep. preacher, um, but I think it has more to do with his leadership and intentionality. Of he was doing what he's doing today four years ago when no one was paying attention, uh, yes. and he prioritized online ministry as the lead pastor. And he communicated that to his team to create buy-in. He didn't have to have somebody selling him on, he's had to sell his team on the power of online ministry. And then we've we've had the Tuckers on here, Julia uh, and Demario Tucker, who are the online pastors there. They become the the personal connection because Mike Todd has a million Instagram followers. They have, you know, over 3 million people that engage with their church every week. Yep. Pastor Mike can't yep. engage with everyone that he interacts with. Neither can the Tuckers, but but they become an additional place to help engage people because ministry is not about a viewer. Ministry is about a relationship and you have relationships with people and, and, and it's to move people yes. into deeper relationships. And, and so there are roles that I think become exclusive to online as a ministry and church grows, but I don't think you start by hiring an online pastor. I don't think you wait to do online yes. ministry until you have an online pastor. And, and I am I am bullish, and I I really have gotten to a point where I 
I don't consult <laughs> with a church unless I, I'm consulting with the lead pastor, the online, you know, the the senior pastor, because if they're not bought in, uh, then it, it's not right. going to to go very far, and uh, and that's that's just a tough that's a tough reality, and and there's times too where I will meet yeah. with a lead pastor, and, uh, and and I'll know like they're not they they they're just they're trying to check a box. They are not really interested in investing right. in this area, and uh, and it's totally. It's, and, and to your point, Aaron, you're going to keep asking that question: Is this worth the investment? And the answer will probably be maybe. Totally. You know, it'll, even as a half effort, I think you'll probably see enough return on investment. But if you own it and you lean into it, uh, it's a great yeah. investment. The last thing I want to say as we wrap up this conversation, uh, because it goes back to our earlier yeah. conversation, is. Are we investing in rented property uh, by building community right. on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube? And, and the answer is yes. You are investing in rented property. And when you are planting a church, you rent a movie theater, you rent a school. That is just yeah. a place totally. to connect in a tool to engage people. That's not where you are going to yep. be gathering forever. Um, Facebook might be a place you gather for another 20 years. I don't know. Uh, but, but I think to be yep. clear that that is just a tool and you need an online pastor or leader or somebody that can help yep. guide you around those tools. But your mission is the thing. Your function yes. should be the same. You just behave differently. So that's my rant a little bit. Don't hire an online pastor. Aaron, final thoughts on your end. Yeah. Uh, no, that's good. Yeah. Don't, don't hire an online <laughs> pastor. Uh, make sure that you are bought in digitally. And then when you reach a certain threshold and you're trying to figure out who you are trying to hire, you can ask Nils or I, uh, or hopefully by then most churches have figured out what that looks like. But yeah, I think what you said is really important. Nils, uh, these are just tools. Uh, and at some point you do need somebody to help you navigate through the tools. But for most of you, uh, it's watching some YouTube yeah. videos. Uh, and if you need someone to teach you how to watch YouTube, um, that's a different story uh, that you can figure that out uh, or ask anybody who listens to this podcast, you can figure it out. Uh, but you, you can learn some of these things. You don't need to hire somebody to teach you how to do uh, working on Facebook, uh, working on Instagram, best practices. You know, that's just a couple of Google searches away uh, to, to figuring that out. And then it's getting in that rhythm. And then you might need to, to have somebody that that is managing that. Um, and I don't exactly know what that role is called, but yeah, that's a good word, Nils. And also understanding that this is rented space. Uh, and I had this conversation uh, recently as well uh, with somebody. It, the rented space isn't bad uh, because it's it's still a great, it's allowing us to do yeah. incredible things. Um, and, and the rented space metaphor breaks down a little bit there because it's mostly yeah. free. Uh, it's like free rent. Um, but but it but it is important to realize it's not ours, and so we need to record another podcast. What do we do with that understanding, uh, and and owning your audience? But just because we don't own it and we're renting doesn't mean we don't go all in on it. It just means uh, we need to figure out strategies that if it does go away, we still have a backup plan. Um, but Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and LinkedIn they are all doing some very heavy lifting for us. Uh, that the church doesn't have to do, but we can leverage. Uh, and so, 
Yeah, you just got to be there. Uh, I love what you said, Nils, about the lead pastor. Uh, the lead pastor has to be there um, and bought in. And if he's not and you're on staff somewhere or maybe you are an online pastor and you're uh, experiencing a lead pastor that isn't bought in, just keep keep going. Just keep going because if they're cutting you a paycheck, prove the concept, prove that it is worth it. Um, and, and yeah, so if you are an online pastor, don't go quit your job. Uh, just understand where you're actually trying to lead people uh, and don't keep it removed, but constantly be encouraging uh, other staff members, other ministry leaders, your lead pastor, if you have access in that way. Uh, hey, you should be checking this out. Hey, you should be doing this. Keep be be that internal consultant. Pitch the good ideas. You're the one listening to this podcast. Uh, you're the one who's hearing some of these thoughts and new ideas uh, that we get to share on here from not just Nils and I, but some of the guests we bring on. Just once a week, pitch an idea. Uh, keep putting it uh, in front of them uh, because you know where this thing needs to go. Uh, and so, so lead up, lead them there. Um, but if you are in a position of leadership trying to figure out who you need to hire or what you need to do, uh, be there yourself yes. first uh, and continue to work that out, uh, how you do ministry in an online world. And then if it comes to the time where you need to hire uh, what we traditionally call an online pastor, uh, you'll know when that time is right. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. I hope this conversation was helpful for you. Uh, if you're wrestling with that, yep. if you're looking to become an online pastor, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I think there there is an opportunity uh, for you, um, and and I, I I hope this isn't discouraging Pivot. Uh, to anyone, but but really inspiring uh, to to many because it's our belief that every church uh, needs to have an online ministry, uh, not wait until yes. they have the resources to hire an online pastor. Uh, thanks so much uh, for listening. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcast, hit that subscribe button, or on. Spotify or wherever it is you're listening. And if you would leave a rating and review and help others find us, uh, we have seen uh, over the last four or five months uh, such tremendous engagement. And so we appreciate you leaning in to us yeah. and to these conversations. We want to keep providing value to you. Uh, we want to do that uh, for free. And we want to just, you know, and we're not, we're not asking for anything. We just want to help further this conversation uh, that that has been right. uh, such a blessing to us um, and in our lives and through our ministries and and share and uh, our learnings uh, along the way. And so we appreciate all the feedback we continue to get. We appreciate the questions uh, we get on Twitter uh, and on the various uh, social channels. Yes. And so we appreciate you being a listener here. So the one ask we have is rating and review uh, wherever you, you can, because we want to just keep expanding this conversation to as many uh, ministry leaders as we can. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again on the next episode.